1954. Missionary Enterprises, Missionary Aid International, and uh, in association once again with uh, Kingandalo Scripture Union Association and Nankoma Bugiri District, Uganda, Africa. This is going to be part two of how to live in a state of perpetual revival and restoration. Once I got done the teaching, it went really well. And uh, I think most of, my, uh, most of the people I do the teachings for don't get it. But um, that's not my problem. They still need to hear what they need to hear. And, uh, but I, as soon as I got done, I knew I was supposed to do a part two. And, uh, and I had the verses coming to me. So that settled it for me. So we arranged it and uh, it went overall, it went well. And it's not like being there, but anyhow, I'm doing the best. Uh, I'm making full use of what I have, the time I have right now, and even getting used to in front of cameras and different things like that, my delivery, all these different things like that. So it's all preparation time. So anyhow, but this time I have a subtitle. I have a subtitle called Children of God versus Sons of God, which is a great title, or Lordship and Sonship. And I never saw that before until that moment and it's exciting and uh, i'm going to teach on that we're going to unpack that today a little bit i'll make sure everything's working right here and uh, so we left we 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 ended the last teaching we ended um with john 5 uh, 17 19 20 and 30 which is basically the epitome that's what the lord gave me the word epitome uh, years ago, and I didn't even know, I had never heard the word epitome. I looked it up and I said, wow, well, that's cool. And that makes sense, you know, regarding sonship, all right? Regarding sonship. So I had them reading over uh, this part of scriptures. Uh, this is actually regarding lordship and sonship. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because this is about Jesus in his humanity. So regarding John 5, so I had them reading it over, and then we got into the main teaching here that I've got here today. Basically, I said regarding John 5, this is Jesus himself. This is Jesus himself, the head of the church, uh, the master himself, uh, talking according uh, to his humanity and not his deity and not the Apostle Paul or any other apostle uh, because of John 1.14 in the incarnation. And this is what we need to understand this is where Jehovah's Witnesses get it all wrong. They say, well, Jesus wasn't God. And I said, no, Jesus wasn't God. But he was God before he became Jesus, all right? So Jesus gives us a perfect example of what it is to walk in our sonship, all right? This is what he's looking for. More than anything else, we're going to look at that today. So I'm getting way ahead of myself here. So I said, uh, we will never understand the true nature of our sonship until we've understood the true nature of the sonship of Jesus towards the Father and really towards God, all right? Because God, well, anyhow, John 20, 17, I go back to my God, my Father, your God, my Father. So Jesus had a, a God, that's right, because he was the second Adam. And most important for us, uh, the Lordship of Jesus over us, which began with the fatherhood or the Lordship of God, the Father, over Jesus. And that's all there is to it. You can't get away from that, all right? So when Jesus becomes Lord, I said here, when Jesus becomes Lord in all areas of our lives, <laughs> which uh, will probably never happen uh, overall, but anyhow, I'm working at it every day, uh, then and then alone will we be experiencing our sonship 
at its fullness, causing us to walk, to talk, to act, to think, to believe as Jesus did. Mm. As God's firstborn son from the dead. Colossians 1.15, 1.18. Also, Romans 8.29 is a huge verse. Is key to understanding all of this, Jesus being our elder brother. And I had never heard that before until I went to uh, Dave and Gary's conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, all right, so let's move into Colossians 1, 9, 10 regarding this whole area of lordship and sonship, children of God versus sons of God. First of all, let's go. For this reason, we also from the day we heard of it have not ceased to pray and make special request for you asking that you may be filled filled with the full knowledge deep and clear knowledge of his will whose will god's will in all spiritual wisdom uh comprehensive insight into ways and purpose of god understanding and discernment of spiritual things so basically the, the wisdom and the understanding that the holy spirit is willing so willing to impart all right to those who are born of the spirit all right that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, the Lord fully pleasing to Him, desiring to please Him in all things, not some things, all things, bearing fruit in every good work, steadily growing and increasing in the knowledge of God. All right? With fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. That's the Amplified for you, and that's okay. I like it. It really helps your vocabulary, too. Mm. So, note, my first note here, Key word in this verse, in both verse 9, 10, are filled, fill, full, all, fully, all, every, fuller, all right? They're all in there, amplified, which says much about the character and the nature of God towards us, his children, regarding his knowledge, his will, his wisdom, his understanding, meaning God does not hold anything back, nothing, zero, no lack at all whatsoever. All of this in context with God being our Father, which the Greek word is pater or pater. I think it's pater. Um, pater, which carries the definition of creator, believe it or not. But it also carries the idea of to nurture. Fathers, what they do? They nurture, or they're supposed to nurture. A real father, to father a child is to nurture a child. So you can have a baby. You can have a child. You can have children with your wife, you know. But that doesn't mean you're going to father that child, all right? There's a big difference there. Let's not get into that. These are some of the very first verses that the Lord himself had given me uh, to begin to pray not too long after I got saved. I still remember where I was at the top of the stairs going to church, long hair. I still had my, my cowboy boots on, my tight jeans on, my earrings. Born again, though. Born again. Uh, no longer living in sin. No drinking, no smoking, no cussing. No masturbation, no, no masturbating, none of that stuff. Like zero, all right? Clean me right out. You will never live out verse 10 until you first begun to pray and believe verse 9. Uh, note, another note, this is a great prayer to pray for yourself at home, but also together as a group or ministry. Talking about keeping you on the same page, all right? Same wavelengths. And these prayers, prayed in faith, are guaranteed to be answered by God. But how and when, that's up to Him. But it will show up. Guaranteed it will show up. All right? It did for me. And I think I get into that a little bit here. So let's move on to Colossians 1.18. Uh, he is also the head of His body, the church, seeing that He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, 
so that he alone in everything and in every respect might uh, occupy, every respect might occupy the chief place, stand first, be preeminent, having the preeminence. This is the talking about Jesus as the second Adam. Note, this verse, 18, this verse 18 here is loaded with massively massive regarding the concept of the lordship of Jesus, all right? All of this having to do with lordship salvation. It really does, all right? There goes my shirt again. It keeps moving on me. All right. All right. Co another note, keywords such as beginning, firstborn, he alone, everything, every respect, occupy, chief place, preeminence equals lordship. All right, numero uno, as we say here in Canada, regarding the Italians. I worked around Italians long enough for 23 years construction. I picked up a, I picked up a little bit of their lingo. Uh, another no good example for firstborn from the dead would be this. Imagine if you're the only Christian or the only one who was born again on this planet. All right, that's what it'd be like. Jesus was the very first to be born since the fall of man with God's image and spirit among a whole planet full of people spiritually dead. Imagine that. Like I said, imagine if you're the only Christian, even the only Christian in your city. Wow, no churches, no ministries, nothing. No Christian at all. But no, Jesus was the whole planet. The whole planet, all right? He came, like Gary said, Jesus, God was, Jesus was said to reseed uh, the planet Earth with a new nature. All right, with the seed that has no corruption in it. All right, the incorruptible seed, because he's the first to be born with that incorruptible seed, with that divine nature. Mm. All right, that's good news. All right, Jesus and him alone must have the very first and last place, and everything else in between in our lives, and not, not some of our favorite preachers, even people like Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, Mueller, A. B. Simpson, Catherine Kuhlman, whatever. You know, as great as they are, Jesus wants it all because, uh, but we can't give it all to him right away because we are so carnal regarding the unsaved soul and the unrenewed mind, all right? So we got to be patient with ourselves. All of this is greatly lacking in the church, which is why we have so many problems. That's what the Lord told me many ways, many times over the years, but the last big one was broken church, all right? That's why we need a reformation. Let's move on to Colossians 1.28 regarding the Lordship of Jesus and us growing up into our sonship from being a child of God to a son of God. Him we preach and proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone, everyone, yes, everyone, and instructing everyone in all wisdom, comprehensive insight in the ways and purposes of God that we may present every person, every human being mature, fully grown, fully initiated, complete, and perfect in Christ. And we will see more of this in Ephesians 4. We'll be, we'll be touching on that. So note on this, back to my subtitle, children of God versus sons of God, regarding these key words, mature and fully grown. All right? Uh, note, this verse is very similar to Colossians 1, 9, 9 and 10 regarding these key words, every, all, full, fully, and complete, all right? Paul repeats himself, but there's a reason why he repeats himself. Jesus was born needing to grow, right? Luke 2, 52, therefore, how much more with us? How much more? It's great to be a child of God. It's super duper. Wow, it's great, you know? But instead of being a child of wrath and disobedience, Ephesians 2, 
But God wants or expects us to grow up and become a son of God as it is in the family, in the, in the natural. Every parent expects their children to grow up. One day you don't have to brush their teeth for them. You don't have to wipe their bum for them. You don't have to tie their shoes for them. You know, you don't have to do their bed for them. They can start doing those things on their own. It's called growing up, maturing. And this is far beyond revival, awakening, and reformation, all right? Because God is looking for something uh, uh, permanent, not temporal, permanent. <laughs> Colossians 2, 6, 7, another great one. As you have therefore received Christ, he's talking to believers, Jesus the Lord, Jesus the Lord, not the Savior, the Lord, all right? Walk, regulate your lives, and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to him, the Lord, have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted. Did you know you had roots? Yeah, you've got roots. All right. In him, the Lord, fixed and founded in him, the Lord, being continually built up in him, the Lord, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught in abounding and overflowing in it, in the faith, with thanksgiving. All right. Thank God we are not part of another faith. I mean, there are all kinds of faiths out there. Imagine that being born. Ugh, I don't want to mention it, but anyhow, I was born in the Catholic faith. And uh, you know what? Didn't do nothing for me. And then I got born again. And then uh, that changed everything for me. Anyhow, when I underline, when I underline words, this means we need to pay attention to them. Uh, every time we come across the word him, we have to go back to verse 6, Jesus the Lord and not Savior. Back to Lordship Salvation. Jesus came to save us, to become our Lord. Even in verse 7, we have these other key words such as roots, firmly and deeply planted, fixed, continually built up, increasing, abounding, which is a process. It's all process, but it's a process regarding growth and going forward. All of this is for every Christian and not just leaders. But let's start with the leaders for crying out loud. They need it big time. All right. If you want to see Jesus becoming the Lord over your city, the nation, etc., you will need to begin with your own self. You will need to begin with your own self. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. I got to fix this. I got to fix this. Or maybe we'll just... Uh, all right. Anyhow, Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Since you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And of course, you're seated with him. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not the things that are on the earth. As for as, as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ and his lordship in God. All right? This is all about lordship and sonship. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Note, in both verse 1 and 2, we have the word above regarding having been raised up and seated, Ephesians 1, 20 to 22, 
uh, in Ephesians 2.6. With him, all of this in context with mind renewal regarding new creation realities. This is really keep your mind. Uh, the Amplified, I love it here. Set your mind and keep it set. I remember the Lord gave me one day, set your mouth and keep it set on things that are above, right? Regarding new creation realities. Part of mind renewal. Sowing the word. All of us at this time are sitting down on some type of chair or bench, that's right, yet we're also seated somewhere else right next to God, all of this regarding our dual citizenship. Every believer has a worldly carnal citizenship, like I have here in Canada, I'm Canadian, as well as a heavenly citizenship, in which the latter one is the one we need to focus on the most, yet without neglecting the former one. And that's where you get a little uh, flaky sometimes. You get some of these charismatics. Boy, oh boy, you know, you got to pay your taxes. Uh, you got to pay for this. You got to pay for that. God will help you. He can if you've got faith. You know, he will help you with these things. But let's, uh, let's get things into perspective here, okay? You got to pay your taxes and uh, other things. There's bylaws in our cities, and there's laws, and different things like that of the nation, and you got to abide by those things, and most of them are good. They're good for you, all right? Most of them. Mm, they're changing things now. This teaching has to do with lordship slash sonship, which is found in verse 3 and 4, regarding the life of Christ, his lordship, which is to be our own life since we've died or are dying to our old life which is part of Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. Everything Jesus did before, at, and after the cross boils down to us having his very own life, with him living his own life through us, his body by the Spirit. And that's why I say, uh, before the cross, Jesus said, you know, follow me. He said that to his disciples, and we need to follow him. But today, on the other side of the cross, once you're born again, to follow Jesus is to follow, is to be led by the Spirit of God because He's the one who came to take the place of Jesus. And the biggest thing, what God is looking for the most and anything else, and I, got, I learned this from the Lord, but I got this from Dave, is your transformation. That's what He works with the most. And that's what the devil is after because like Dave said, Dave Roberson, he says you transform away from the enemy. So the more you transform into the image of Jesus, the less the enemy will have handles to grab onto you, to tempt you, to take you down, to slow you down. All right, you will be you will become indomitable. Basically, you will become unstoppable like Jesus was. All right? Because you're being led by the spirit of God at all times in everything you do. The enemy has no chance in in undoing that whatsoever, all right? His life the life of Jesus, his lordship, his relationship equals his relationship with the Spirit, with God, with the Father, uh, regarding the miracles, the healings, the deliverances, walking on water, turning water into wine, feeding thousands, and so much more is to be ours today because all of this, and this is what God is looking for today. This is what he's looking for. Now, most Christians will never walk in this, or a big part of the church will never walk in this, but they will give an account of this because it's in the Word, all right? and always has. It always has been that. We are in desperate need of all of these things before we run out of time because we are surrounded with people that are sick, demon-possessed, man, broke. I mean, we are surrounded by, well, we're surrounded by the world. And even in the church, we're surrounded by carnal Christians. 
and uh, lukewarm Christians, fruitless Christians, faithless Christians, powerless Christians. I laugh, but it's not funny. It really isn't. As well as demon-possessed and oppressed, all right? Did you know that Jesus wants to heal every person that is sick? I said that to the, the, the brothers and sisters while I did the online teaching. I said, did you know? I said, how many people do you know that are sick? All right, even in like even in your own little circle of influence, and uh, they didn't answer, but they I know <laughs> they know the answer. And then I said, "How many people are sick in Bugiri?" All right, and then um, Kampala, uh, not Kampala, well Kampala, yeah, but uh, Uganda and in Africa, how many? All right, yeah, all right. So it's a no-brainer. But he has to do this through us, his body. He wants to heal every one of them. He does, but he's got to do it through us. He's got to do it through them. Let's move on to Ephesians 4. That's what I alluded to before. Ephesians 4, 13 to 16. That it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God that we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ, and the completeness found in Him. All right, note, the whole, all, every part of the body, every member of the body is to become one, yet with different numbers, members in context with the full knowledge of Jesus, going back to Colossians 1.9, in context with all of us becoming mature in our sonship, manhood, no gender. The word manhood there, no gender in it. Regarding the perfection of Christ himself and him being complete in all areas of life. Going back to Colossians 2.10. We've been given the God-given right to walk in his perfection, which I call sinless perfection. All right? The life of Jesus is a perfect, sinless life, which belongs to us in our union with him. All of this being a big part of the good news of the new birth. If there's good news on this earth, it should be the new birth. You can be born again. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus, and this goes for every human being on this planet. 14, so then we may no longer be children, uh-oh, tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine, the prey of cunning and cleverness, unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery and inventing errors, errors to mislead. Uh, note, the words no longer be children equals to grow up from being children of God to sons of God. The moment you are born in the natural, your parents expect you to grow up. And you know, the only people that the enemy is able to deceive, even in the natural, I got deceived big time when I was a young boy. Uh, maybe not so young, but when I got into my teens, early teens, 14, 15, even, yeah, 14, 15, 16, that's when he be, the devil, I didn't know that at that time, but I realized that later on when I started to learn about warfare, that's when the enemy really started to, to really work on me, all right? And I, I had a lot of immature, immaturity inside of me, and I had friends um, that did not uh, go the path that I went to, and obviously they had something, something or somebody had put the right things inside of them. They weren't born again. Uh, I don't think so anyhow, because they never preached to me or anything like that. But they never got into what I got into, all right? But they still need to get born again. They got to get saved. But I went into a path that almost destroyed me, all right? Because of my immaturity. Same thing in the church. 
Uh, we've got even leaders. We've got a lot of immature leaders. They're teaching false doctrine. They're teaching wrong doctrine. They've given themselves over to wrong doctrine. And the enemy has has inroads. He makes inroads into that leader's life and into that life, the church, wherever he goes, you know, uh, spewing this wrong doctrine. It's because of his immaturity, but yet he's a quote-unquote leader. Big deal, you know. Uh, 15, rather let us let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and folded in love. Let us grow up in every way and in all things into him. See, sonship, lordship, all right, uh, who is the head, who's the Lord, who's the chief leader, the head honcho, the CEO, the top man, going back to Colossians 1.18, even Christ, all right? So once again, we have the words grow up into everything we are, have, we are, and have, and can do, and be in our union with Him. All of this demands serious discipleship, all right? And we don't have serious discipleship in the church today. We really don't, all right? We've got to change all of that, and we are in the name of Jesus. 16, for because of Him, the whole body, the church, in all of its various parts, closely joined, firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its functions, grows up to full maturity, building itself up in love. It's a power-packed verse. Here we have the words whole regarding the body of Christ, going back to Colossians 1, uh, Colossians, no, Colossians, 1 Corinthians 12, and all the different members, the different functions, as it is in the physical body, alongside the words, grows to full maturity, meaning each member, which is repeated a repeated three, uh, theme throughout this whole teaching. All right, and that's what the whole point of doing this teaching was all about. We're almost done here. At the very end of this online teaching I did for the brothers and sisters, uh, during our Q&A time, Someone asked me this great question, how will I know when I'm growing, going from being a child of God towards being a son of God? Great question, super question. And I said, once you begin seeing some of the life, the works, the things we read in the four gospels of Jesus showing up in your own life, that's when you know you're going from uh, being a child of God to a son of God. And this is what Romans 8:14, as well as Acts 10:38 is all about. You can't get away from that. Look at those verses up for yourself. The Holy Spirit is the creator, the miracle worker. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. And he lives on the inside of you. And he came to live the very life of Jesus. That's what Jesus said. I'm going to send another comforter. And he's going to, in my name, in my place, to live my life. That's what he basically said. Because Jesus did everything by the Spirit. Acts 10.38. All right, and we're to be led by the Spirit in all things, habitually led, present tense, Romans 8, 14. And all of this will take time and effort, meaning you will need to be patient with yourself, oh my goodness, and others, since all growing up is a learning process, as it was with learning your ABCs, your additions, your subtractions, your multiplications, your divisions, etc., 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 etc. All right, we didn't learn them overnight, my goodness. And this is what we've been doing, and this is what we have been doing. Growth takes time alongside the word given us in seed form, parables of the sower, especially look up Luke 8, 11. 
Another question was asked regarding Colossians 1.10 regarding pleasing God, which is also found in Hebrews 11.6, which is a great question. So I needed to get into the great difference between God loves us versus God is pleased with me. All right, big difference, huge, night and day. No matter what you do or don't do, even once you are saved, God will never love you more since his love is unchangeable. All right, for the better or for the worse, it's called agape love. Uh, John 3.16, Ephesians 2.4, you cannot do anything to earn more of his love, but when it comes to pleasing him, that's a whole other realm. God loves us all sinners and saints equally alike. Wow. You know, did you know that God, once you get born again, God doesn't love you any more than he loved you before you got born again. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you did. I don't care how nasty you were. I don't care whatever, he still loved you. He didn't approve what you're doing and you're going to hell, but he still loved you, all right? That's what the cross proves that, all right? So once you're born again, he's not gonna love you more. No, he loves you the same with the same um, unchangeable love, agape love. He's not fickle like all of us. You know, we love, you know, one day, you know, I love one person and then the next day, well, they did this and they said that, whatever, and I, well, in my heart, I don't love them as much, you know? Well, God's not like that with us, thank God. I'll tell you. But when it comes to pleasing him, that's a whole different realm. Whole different realm. All right? And that's what some, a lot of people don't understand. All right? Not too long after getting saved, uh, the Lord had given me Colossians 1, 9 to 11. I mentioned that already. And as I began to pray this prayer to the best of my abilities at that time, I began to see things changing on the inside of me regarding my desires and my will. All right. Now, at that time, when I was in the process of transforming, I didn't, I didn't catch myself. But later on, as I began to write and stuff, I realized, I got, wow, I used to want to be this after I got born again. And now I'm, I want to do this. What happened? Well, God began to answer that prayer. I never dreamed of doing and becoming what I'm doing now and will be doing in the next years to come. And this is because of this prayer, which led to so many other things, of course. You know, I wanted to become a naturopath after I got born. I got into the health thing because I had a lot of health issues. God changed my diet. He got me free from a lot of things, from white bread and all these different things. And then I wanted, I started reading books on nutrition, the anatomy, internal organs. I started reading books on that. I was fascinated by it. And in my heart, I wanted to become a naturopath or something in that, in that whole area. And uh, I started praying this though. And eventually I started reading books on theology and Greek and Hebrew, and I had a desire to buy more books and learn church history and Reformation and Reformers. And I said, how did I go from that to that? Well, God did it through this prayer, all right? So I'm done my teaching. As far as I can tell, I am done my teaching. And as I finish all my teachings, I encourage all of you to learn to what it takes, and that's what we do here with Missionary Enterprise. Uh, learn what it takes to walk in the fullness of your sonship by learning to what it takes to walk in the fullness of the grace of God, which is huge, as well as the faith of God, which is huge, uh, because it's faith that gives access to the grace of God, because we got saved by grace. And the minute you got born again, you're saved. The minute you got saved, you got born again, right? So that's where you walk. That's where you became a child of God. So I thank you very much. Shalom and amen.